Hello, and welcome to another episode of Oconus, the Contractors Live from Washington State. I'm your host, Scott Dresser. My guest today for this episode is Paul Rossi. Uh, Paul is uh, currently on a contract overseas, uh, but he's he's uh, stateside until things get worked out. But uh, he is a former maritime security shift leader, or still, uh, I should say, team leader. Uh, he's done force protection as a team leader, uh, lead investigator, program manager, security project manager, head of security. Um, I don't know if he wants me to tell me who. We'll let him take care of that. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was in the Navy from uh, 1995 to 2000 and uh, attended uh, college over on the East Coast. Again, I don't want to go into detail on things that he may not want divulged. So uh, with that said, Paul, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. appreciate you having me here, Scott. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, you know, you and I have had a couple of offline discussions in various forms. <laughs> I tell you what, man, it makes me wish, it makes me miss all the more uh, being stateside. <laughs> I wish I was overseas again working with you guys. Don't, but. don't ever say that. How dare you? <laughs> Everybody I know who's in the business right now is trying to get out. <laughs> That's funny. Um, well, we can cover down on all those things. Um, so uh, so for the folks that are listening, Paul, um, can you give them a brief rundown of uh, who you are and what you did uh, prior to becoming a contractor and what led to that point? Yes, um, it was a uh, an oddly circuitous route, but uh, um, let's see. Uh, after um, deciding last minute to go into the military, I was actually uh, out of high school. I was in a, a distributive education program, um, DECA, where I was going to go into marketing and advertising. Uh, I have an artistic side, so I drew. I used to draw a lot. Um, I don't do it so much anymore, but. Uh, <laughs> Something happened. I had an epiphany. Um, it was probably a, a slam to the head with a two by four. I used to get into quite a quite a slew of fights. Um, mm. uh, so, growing up, my my, uh, my father was actually a professional boxer. He's a light heavyweight boxer, but uh, huh. he was kind of a, a little scrappy guy. But um, yeah, so I, I altered my uh, my realm of reality, my shakabuku, if you will, and uh, went into the military. Joined the navy. Um, uh, basically just wanted to go spec war. Uh, I went to Buds, spent about 52 days in Buds, and uh, realized I guess I didn't want it as much as I thought I did. I just wanted to be cool. <laughs> um, so uh, I ended up uh, actually, I, I, you know, joining the Navy was probably the best thing I ever did with my life uh, at that age. I really, uh, I really enjoyed my time, and I met a lot of awesome people who I'm still friends with today. Uh, an actual pretty large majority of them. Um, a lot of them, you know, went into contracting. It was kind of the cool, cool side of the Navy. I was in a uh, combat search and rescue helicopter squadron, um, which was actually pretty cool, a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm honestly glad that I did that. Um, I just, I wish I was a little smarter about it. I was, uh, I was your typical shipwreck sailor. Um, the GI Joe character, I'm pretty sure was, was modeled after me. Um, <laughs> I've had my share of captain's mass. I had a, a hat trick of captain's mass, um, missed ship's boat, uh, ship's movement, got arrested, Jesus, 11 times, I think. Wow. Uh, mostly, almost all for bar brawling. Yeah, I was, uh, I was a drunken sailor. Uh, <laughs> so, 
so, so fast forward now. I'm 16 years sober now. Um, thank God for my huh. life. Wow. So, but, uh, yeah, after the Navy, I ended up uh, going into investigations. Um, I went to school for criminal justice and uh, went into undercover investigations, as a matter of fact, uh, for the first solid year of investigative work, which was fun, exciting, great for a, a you know, a young guy just just left uh, the military, but uh, I would not do that nowadays. Hmm. Uh, no, I, I got to ask. It begs the question: Why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> why? Uh, you know, uh, growing up watching the original Twenty One Jump Street, I thought I was Richard Grieco. Everybody wanted to be Johnny Depp, but I had the car. I had a '67 Camaro convertible. I was just uh, I was a cool kid, so I thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, funny. yeah, I, I want to do, I always want to do cool things, you know? Right. So That's funny. That, that to me was cool. Um, but working undercover really was, you know, it was exciting. It was a little bit scary, but it gave me that thrill that I was looking for. <laughs> um, hence, you know, my, my movement into, uh, into contracting, never a dull moment. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. 21 Jump Street, man. I watched that and 22 and, uh, I think the best part was in the credits when they went through 23, 24, all the way through 30-something on the jump. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, I, if you can't tell, I dated myself. I'm really yeah. old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned something interesting. Uh, when you joined the Navy, uh, you went through BUDS and you realized that's not what you wanted to do. Um, and I'm guessing, I'm just hearkening here, that it's not that you probably could not have but you just didn't want to do it, and you know there's that, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, it's a saying that's uh, fairly prominent in the military these days, and in contracting even. Uh, how bad do you want it? And uh, yes. Uh, so you you what? Um, people have probably seen this in in movies and probably heard it in conversations. You you came to that realization, and and how did that transpire? I mean, to the point that you walked up and rang the bell, right? Well, actually, I didn't. Um, here's the thing. I was, I was kind of, uh, let me see, it was it was more like a, it's weird, because I'm not, it wasn't medical, but it was a release, uh, so I didn't ring the bell. My, um, it was kind of a gradual pro- progression, or degression. Um, the the day my my swim buddy, who I'm actually still friends with to this day, he's, he's actually working marathon himself, hmm. um, he rang out, and... Uh, I don't know. It, it kind of left an empty spot in me, you know. Hmm. They, obviously, they pair you up with someone else, but we we were a really good match, uh, hmm. me and my buddy JD. Um, and it was unfortunate, and it kind of left me with a shit, you know. Am, am I the last man standing here in this this hmm. little group? Um, it, it was it was kind of a tough struggle, and it it was odd because I kind of flashed through everything that I was looking for. And it, there was a lot of blank spaces in there, you know. Mm. Uh, me standing up on the podium, getting my trident kind of thing was cool, but it seemed like a, a pipe dream that I wasn't sure where it was going to go afterwards. Okay. You know? um, so I ended up uh, I ended up actually hanging out there uh, on Spec Warfare for a while. Mm. did uh, like a duty driver for them. I did some brig chasing, um, which basically transporting – I guess you can call them criminals, uh, back and forth from 
from the Spec War Center to uh, like Camp Pendleton, Thirty hmm. Second uh, Street, stuff like that. But I just uh, I realized that I, I didn't want it for the purpose that I think was noble enough. Um, right. Well, I mean, that's a huge commitment, and I don't think people realize, um, especially people that haven't been around it um, or involved in it in any way that don't have any direct experience. I mean, that that takes a real different kind of mindset. I mean, you've got to be totally committed, um, you know, and and not— long term. Right, yeah. I mean, because you're, I mean, it's— That's just the entry into the pipeline, man. (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh, you know, and, and they they often say in, in, in that it's yeah, you, it, it's physical, but it's but it's mostly mental. I mean, would you agree mostly with that? Mental. Yes, I would. The, the instructors, you know, they're on, honestly, dude, they're top notch. They're going to get you into a shape where you never thought. You know, you're, you're going to put yourself into this box and, and give yourself boundaries. And they're going to burn those freaking boxes down in the damn ground. And <laughs> you're going to realize that you're like. Jesus Christ, dude! You know, what am I, superhuman now? Um, but yeah, phys- physically you're going to go beyond anything you've ever imagined. Uh, mentally is all up to you. Right, it's all up to you. You know, um, and I won't go too far into it, um, but I mean, I it it's brought back the visions, the memories that I had uh, as a Marine when I uh, when we went down there and spent some time in that area, and. Uh, they, um, I don't know, you know, and it was so long ago, but I mean, a, uh, however they do it, you know, a group of these guys, it was always a different instructor for, for the various things we went through. But, yep. um, it was, I got to tell you, there parts of it was really cool and really enjoyed it. I mean, just an awful lot of fun. Uh, probably the funnest thing was somewhere between the repelling going up and down the, uh, the, uh, the, the wooden structures they had out there to, um, yep getting out there in the small boats and intentionally flipping them over so we could ride them. <laughs> yeah, right, right, yep. And then the uh, the races back to the beach Idea. in the boats, um, you know, who, who could win. But, I mean, and then Hot other porch. stuff. Yep. Yeah, and then other stuff that is kind of like, holy crap, man, is this what this is about? You know, like, um, people didn't believe me, but, yeah, we did. We did the, the things where we laid on our backs, they put the logs on us, and we had to do sit-ups and, and do other things with it, lift it up over our heads. Yep. And hold the boats over our heads, and they're walking through uh, us between stop. us to make sure we're actually, you know, carrying our weight. And I'm like, I, and I, and I remember thinking to this day, holy crap, <laughs> what oh, is this, man? My neck still hurts. <laughs> yeah. my neck, I'm six one, man. I was in, I was in the friggin' Target crew. I wasn't in the Smurf crew. I, I was in boat crew, boat crews one and two. I was the tall guy. Huh. That sucked. <laughs> Yeah, well, I tell you, you know, and I do remember there was a guy, they showed us, you know, what sleep sleep deprivation does to a person, um, and, and there was a guy, and I think he was a Navy guy, I'm pretty sure he was, he was in the BUDS program, they had they had something over him, uh, uh, you know, like a like a, a tarp or a jacket, they were trying to give him yeah. some shade because it was midday, and uh, the guy, would, he, you know, he was kind of hunched over, he was sitting down on something, and and his head was propped, and they were lifting his head up a little bit, and his eyes were in just a rim I've never seen before, just going crazy under his eyelids. And uh, you know they were showing that they were giving him you know two or three or five minutes rest, and then they were going to wake him up. And and I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> uh, yeah. the stuff. I mean, it, you know, I don't want to go into all of it, but it just 
uh, the little, the exposure I had to that is like, you know, because my uh, my first sergeant was trying to get me to go over because they had a big recruiting thing. And uh, he wanted yep. and and he said, yeah, because when we were done, he said, if you want, they want you. So, you know, um, you, in fact, we don't have to go home. You can transfer right here. You can stay here. I'm like, what? <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't do it. But, you know, I'm just it's like, holy crap. Um, yeah. So I'm just in my hat. So I, my hat is off to those guys. It, it's the stuff they go through. And, and we were only there for about three weeks. So, um you know, you guys, you guys go through, uh, you guys go through an awful lot of stuff. So that that's cool stuff. I'm just saying, my hat is off. Um, so you get out of the Navy in 2000. Um, so you did five years, right? Yep. Okay. So you get out of the Navy in 2000. You started working. Um, you, you were doing uh, covert undercover investigations. Correct. Okay. Uh, so, and then, uh, so now how did your career go, uh, from that point? At what point did you become a, an overseas contractor? Uh, well, off and on, I was working not just undercover, but I I worked for other, um, investigative companies. There was a, I think there was like a total of four or five that I worked for. Um, and then, uh, I ended up, um, getting into a little bit of trouble. I got into a, a bar fight um, while I was drinking, obviously. Um, put three guys in the hospital. I believe they were from, like, Pennsylvania. Um, hmm. And uh, that, that one I didn't get out of. Um, I ended up spending some time in an actual prison. Uh, Ooh. With the prison in Connecticut. Um, ended up getting out within... I mean, they, were, they shifted me around at first. I went to, like, a, a low-level prison, and then for some reason they upped the ante and threw me in the in the Arnhem's jumper, $250,000 bail. Um, Whoa. Because, uh, you know, whatever. I, you know, I got into a bar <laughs> fight. I got hit in the face with a, with a pool cue and decided to take the cue ball and start whacking people in the head. It, it was pretty nasty. I honestly don't remember most of it. I had to read it in the paper. Um, wow. And the tow truck driver actually, he he was really busy. I guess that night <laughs> told me quite the story. Um, but uh, yeah, after that, I uh, I started to get my shit together. Um, got in with another investigative company, became the uh, the Connecticut office manager for them. It was a company out of Pennsylvania, and um, I think it just kind of progressed. Um, and then uh, I, I was working with uh, a company, and I just I didn't feel like it was where I needed to go, and um, I just I, I wanted to get back into that lifestyle, that military lifestyle. I think um, as far as the regiment and the purpose, I was really lacking a purpose, hmm. and um, I felt you know crap was always kicking off overseas. So I. Uh, I ended up going through a uh, executive protection course down in Florida um, just to get the ball rolling again and got a contract with uh, Triple Canopy. And um, I ended up spending a full year in uh, Hellman, southern Afghanistan. This was between 2012 and 2013. And uh, we ended up getting attacked at Camp Bastion. Uh, I was one of the uh, one of the supervisors for the Triple Canopy's security team there on Camp Leatherneck. And Camp Bastion was just, you know, hop, skip, and a jump away. It was just a connection away. 
Hmm. And that's when they got breached. It was uh, three days after Benghazi got hit. Hmm. Um, Camp Bastion got hit on their on their side. No. I won't go into the details with, uh, you know, who fell asleep where. All I know was the <laughs> Americans. Um, and uh, we did most of the damage. Uh, a group that uh, that I, I was good friends with, um, they were on the night shift, and they ended up, uh, what, they took 14 out. Uh, wow. And they captured one. Lo and behold, he had, uh, you know, the our military radios and everything. They had our gear, obviously. they. Hmm. It's always an inside job with them. You know, they, shit, we even had one guy who was, uh, he was uh, A&A commando who came up to one of the posts and uh, we guarantee that they were, they were threatening his, his family. And he just, they had him, they forced him to test our security protocols. And this guy just kept coming and coming and coming. You know, we tried to do the, the escalation of force and, light flares at him and then it just got down to this guy had to be shot in the face you know and it was hmm. just it was just one of those things that it, i i'm not gonna say it was an everyday occurrence but that's the type of shit that we dealt with you know it's right now that... always keeping your head on a swivel you know and you never know where it's coming from and right lo and behold it's always from within somewhere <laughs> well there, there was an awful lot of that um you know i mean it's yeah it seems yeah. like um Whenever something happened, and I'm not going to say every time, but probably, I mean, maybe it was every time, but yeah, they did seem to have information. I mean, it got out there, and and, and you hearken on an important point, because a lot of us have talked about this, uh, you know, we you never knew whether it was the guy in the guard tower, if it was one of your interpreters, right. the dude doing construction, one of the cooks, I mean, because they see yep. and hear everything. And uh, a lot of them will play dumb, like they can't speak English. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. You Harry know? loves to infiltrate shit. You know, <laughs> he loves to get in there. That's, that's their their best way of, of getting any information from you. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and and so that's why when guys say you can't trust this and you can't trust that, I mean, if you've been there, you understand and you totally get why people say that. Um, now, the incident you were talking about, I was talking with another guy the other day uh, that was talking about something similar. I think he said he was down there as well. Are you talking, was that the same one where Prince Harry or Andrew, whoever it was? Correct. The one? Okay. All right. Yep. Wow, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, flight operations. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, That's that one made the news. I remember. <laughs> well, you know, and I was in Afghanistan. I think I was in Kabul at that time, or maybe it was Bagram when, yep. that, when that went down. And uh, it was like, and there was a lot of stuff going on in that time frame. You were talking about 2012, oh, 2013. Yeah. It was still pretty active. I mean, shit, Kandahar was getting hit, popped off almost every day. I was there. I was just transferring through there. And, hmm. uh, it was, I mean, it was, I say it's a funny story. It's a sick and twisted funny story. But uh, <laughs> there's a small group of us that were, I think there was only like, I don't know, maybe nine of us. And uh, we were on, on the airfield in Kandahar. And I had to take a massive dump, dude. So I was, I, I went into the port of John right on the, uh, right on the airfield. And, um, you know, you, you hear this, this attack coming, you hear, you know, the, the, the RPGs and shit. And then you hear the sirens go off on base and I can hear my guys in the, uh, in the bunker just screaming, you know, Rafi, Rafi, I'm in the shitter already, you know. I got OCD, so I'm all my toilet paper's already neatly folded into five. 
And uh, I'm shaking my head because I'm, you know, I'm mid poop right now. And I'm like, dude, this is this is how I'm going. This is how I'm going out. You know, I'm going out like friggin' Elvis. Right. I'm gonna die in the shitter. Um, and, and the only thing I was thinking, I'm, I'm literally shaking my head and smirking, going, Jesus, this is ridiculous. I'm just thinking, please, hope those guys tell my wife a story like I died a hero, right. not on a friggin' Portageon in Kandahar. Oh. But uh, unfortunately, two of the airmen. Um, Two of the airmen died in that attack, but uh, huh. yeah, you guys, did, you guys did take a lot up there at Kandahar. That was that was um, that was almost like a yeah, priority target for them. Place, man. Yeah. Wow. Well, because they had the they had the mountainside there. At least when I was in Helmand, you know the the mountainside was a little bit farther away from the fobs. But yeah, Kandahar was right there, man. You, they just. They launch it and time it and just walk it in. Right. Well, you know, and I've not actually been to Kandahar, but um, it, but I I think based on what I've seen, uh, what you're saying that because it's it's similar it, there in Bagram, you know, you're kind of in that yeah, bowl area. In the spring, you should go. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's Ramadan. You and me. Oh, and we'll go visit uh, the, the mosque too, right? Uh, we'll yeah, be their yeah. guests. Hard hard <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's amazing. These guys, I mean, these guys, are, these guys practice this stuff. They they do it. The you know the uh, call them the enemy or the uh, the op for whatever you want to call them. But they're they're pretty good at what they do. Um, and uh, they they you know, but they're firing firing from such a distance. Um, yeah. like where I, you know, they're in Bagram, uh, you didn't have to worry about it too much, but, um, you know, and I got pretty blase about it, but, uh, it, I thought the best part was when we returned fire and I would stand there oh, yeah. and I would watch Count these things Mars, zing out and go. And it's like, ever. yeah, it's like, boom. And you see that little, that little, uh, puff of dust fly up in the air. It's like, yeah. <laughs> We got them. Just, just the release when, when when you see you know the 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 oh what do you call it the the gate open up the high mars gate open up and that truck go out with with all that and then you're counting anything over five you know that mother effer was having a bad day out there <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah and well it's amazing when you talk with the guys um, that that are involved in returning the fire it's amazing how they're able to um, work that solution out. And walk it right back to where it came from. Um, oh yeah, math, buddy, math. <laughs> yeah, some, some smart guy in a talk with a chart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, but it, it's amazing how they do this stuff. And um, you know, we had plenty of you know stuff around the perimeter area too, where where they did what you're talking about, where the gates open and guys go flying out there and do their thing. Um, you know, oh, yeah. A10s buzzing yeah. around over over it as well. Um, and that was always a kind of a cool sight. I mean, um, I was always kind of like a tourist, you know, with my mouth open and where's my binoculars and where's my camera. I want. <laughs> um, but you know, I think, uh, you know, of all the stuff I remember, um, that I experienced, tell me if you had anything like this, the things that I remember the most, the, um, I don't know if they're fond or not, but it's like what you're talking about. It's like, you know, when you got to go to the bathroom, you you, you, you got to go. But I never wanted to go in there for the reason you talked about. <laughs> and every time I went in there, that was my what, thought. What, what, wait, what reason is that, Scott? What, what was I going to what? What is this? 
Was this public radio? Take <laughs> <laughs> like a dump? Well, I, no, I'm. Yeah, you know, when 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 you got it, when when nature calls, um, you know, I I didn't want to go in there because for the reasons you talk about it, you know, if incoming's coming in or small arms fires, like what are you going to do? Oh yeah. You know what yeah, are you, you going to do? Prepare yourself as much as possible, you know, but that yeah, it's fake, bro. It's yeah, well. Fake. And I, I love, and I, I hated it, and I always got them back when they did it. When they did it to me, but did you guys ever throw rocks at dudes when they're in there? You know? Are you kidding me? We, <laughs> we pushed them over, dude. I had pictures. I, oh my god, we were horrible. I was a monster. I have, I, I don't know if I should even tell this. We used to have rape and tape parties. Like if we liked you, we would bust into your chew at night, tape you up, put sunglasses and a hood on you, and oh. take pictures of you. Oh man. So yeah, we we tipped oh. them over. I, we used to play. Uh, Play hide and seek, and that was my favorite hiding spot. Wow! I got pictures of that too, man. <laughs> wow! And that's and that's if they liked you. That's yeah. if they liked you. Yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh man. Um, we tried to like everybody. You know, we were running out of people. Wow. I, I had one of my buddies. He was a uh, ranger type. He uh, <laughs> he, drew, he drew on me because he didn't know it was us. We busted into his chew. We him and his buddy. His buddy was a ranger too. Man. Well, we almost got our asses kicked. Good dude, though. I actually uh, I worked with him on the maritime contract for a while too. Hmm. But but the, so what we're talking yeah. about these are things that we do for lack of a better term for comic relief, right? Relieve the stress and just yeah. have fun, right? Oh yeah, because if you don't, you'll go crazy, man. Right. <laughs> wow. Um, so now yeah. that so so what we were talking about there when you were in Helmand Province that was uh, with TC, which is now. I don't think they were then, but they are now part of Constellus, right? Yes, correct. Okay, um, and uh, so you were there. So you were there uh, with that company for how long before you moved on? Uh, I was there just for a year. I did a year there, and then I went to uh, maritime contract, um, where I actually went back the same mar- maritime contract that I joined in 2013. I'm actually back on, off and on right now because, you know, as I told you offline, I was trying to get out of it, doing some acting. But um, I went, after the maritime, I ended up going into uh, WIPS program for Department of State, uh, did the diplomatic security in northern Iraq, um, Kurdistan, Erbil. Hmm. And, man, that was night and day. First of all, the training was, I'm going to tell you, it was impeccable. Hmm. I had so much fun but learn so much you know you talk about teaching an old dog new tricks Hmm. man i I soaked up everything like a friggin sponge almost i'm almost 50 years old right now i'm 49 Hmm. and i went through the training in 2018 two years ago and uh it was no no bullshit the best training i ever went through in my life those instructors were impeccable wow Um, and i had a great time and uh, I loved it over there. Those people were great. The Kurds, they hmm. loved us, man. Hmm. And it was it was a really good time. It was night and day, dude. You know, you go somewhere uh, like like Afghanistan where people just friggin' hate you. You know, I literally I got into arguments with kids outside the wire. You know, because the only thing they knew how to say in English were swear words, and they hated us and they wanted to throw <laughs> rocks at us. And, yeah, and, and the, like we're over there on a range with the Brits, and the Brits are like just taken aback. They're like they're appalled by the behavior of this child. And I'm like walking up to the fence, telling this kid, "I'll friggin' shoot you in the face if you keep throwing that shit." Man, I remember the first time that I landed 
uh, in, in Afghanistan. And, and we were driving from the airport uh, to the HQ there for the company. And the guy that was driving wanted to take the back roads and the alleys and everything. And it's like, okay, oh. whatever. Yeah. Well, anyway, you know. Carry uh, route, huh? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I just like what? You guys were just on your own. I'm I'm just along for the ride, man. You know, just get me to the HQ. You know, but uh, we were so. But what you're saying, I remember that is kind of like welcome to Afghanistan. We're going down this back road alley, this dirt, you know, bumpy alley between you know their houses and buildings. Yeah, you got the pucker factor. Yeah, and I'm looking, and and I look over my right shoulder out the window. And there's a group of small kids, and one of them was in diapers, and they're throwing rocks at us. I'm, and I'm, like, looking for the weapons and going, you know, fucking eyes right, contact right. <laughs> and he's saying, don't worry about it, man. They do it all the time. You know, it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, this, the, the kid that I was talking about, too, in Afghanistan was only 12 years old-ish, between wow. 10 and 12. He used to hop on his older brother's bike, and they'd ride around, and they, you know, they'd act tough and shit. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I've got a, I got a picture of a guy uh, there at Bagram that I took. I was driving one of the uh, interior perimeter roads. I think I was on my way back to uh, to my room. And yeah. uh, and I looked over, and, there, and I'd seen this kid out there before just on the other side of the fence. And the road is, like, right next to the fence. So and I'm thinking, yeah. well, I mean, the curious... You know, I got really curious, and I'd seen this guy before. And it's like, okay, well, let's see what's going on. So I get out, and I slowly walk up, and we start having. And this guy speaks almost perfect English, and he's a teenager. I think he said he was in high school. He goes to school over here. I don't remember if it was in the village or if he came on the base. I don't remember what, but he had books in his hand, and he had a backpack, and he's and. But what caught my attention? He was just standing there, just inches from the fence on the other side just gazing just like he was staring at something and i you know and to this day i don't know what his real purpose was there um he didn't mind well, you conv- know what guys like us think right i mean yes you're thinking he's probably got a yes. cell phone in that bag and he's marking yeah i'm well that's my hands that my first yeah well my, my my right hand is is you know up against my pistol and my left yeah, hand absolutely. is is he's uh, got the radio um you know and i think i'm close enough and far enough that yeah, I'll feel it if it goes off, but hopefully I'll survive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I mean, that's, that's the mindset, though. You're, I mean, you're right on the button, dude. Yeah, yeah. So nothing came of it, you know, and to, but who knows what whether he was actually gathering intelligence. Who, or who knows what's going on? Um, Probers, man. But yeah, and it just, you, you just never know. Um, you, you know, and always what, prepare for the worst. Yes, yes. You know, but what really surprised me is that nobody, and I was there for like 15 minutes with this kid before I finally thought, okay, well, you know, I'm I'm, I'm done here. I'm going to move on. But what really surprised me is nobody showed up. Nobody called it out on the radio. And it's like, huh. So, you know, so yeah. part of me felt a little relieved because, you know, it's like they've seen this kid. He does the same thing all the time. Uh, they've checked him out. He's all right. I don't know. But it, it it is a weird feeling over there. You just, um, and to this day, just we, go ahead. No, I was just going to say to add to that. We've had vehicles that did the same thing. You know, just weird, odd vehicles, tinted windows, rolling up to different towers or different portions, and and just kind of sitting there. And we knew exactly what it was. You call it in. It's 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 obviously probing to test our, you know, our SOPs, and, and that's 
we we took that as as gospel for that's what that was. Hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, you you kind of have to go on that premise. I mean, yeah. Uh, you you got to be whatever you want to call it, curious, suspicious, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, it's you, not a fucking amusement park in there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it is not, and it's not just my life and your life. It, it's you know potentially the lives of anybody else that's coming and going oh, or staying on there doing business, whatever. And that's what they pay us to do, and that's what they expect us to do. Um, you know, I mean, what's that old saying? Uh, you could do everything right 364 days out of the year, but that last day before you rotate out, oops. <laughs> you That's know, plants and mice and men, brother. Right, right. Um, so, so, uh, you, so you moved on. You went. You went back. You got on with WPS uh, program, which is with the Department of State there in Iraq. Um, now how was that in comparison with what you did in Afghanistan? Because they were with different departments and different contracts. Yeah. Here's the funny thing. So the dude who picked me up from the airport was one of my guys in Afghanistan for triple canopy. There was, oh, wow. there was a lot of ships that came over from, uh, from Kabul, huh. um, to this, to this contract. So it was real funny. The, the kid like saw my name and he's like, I knew it was you, dude. I was wow. like, wow. Wow. Yeah, and it's good because, uh, you know, I, I try not to leave a bad taste in anyone's mouth. I do my job. I was I was usually pretty good at it. Um, so I have kept a, uh, a good stable of friends and, and comrades everywhere. So it was it was really cool to show up somewhere where, you know, I, I knew people. I knew right. people that I used to work with, which in contracting, I mean, it's a small community, but it gets a lot smaller the more you travel. <laughs> well, you know, which is awesome. It is, and and you know those little things that you do, that you would never expect, like what you're talking about, the guy that picked you up there uh, in Iraq. Yeah. Okay. Um, I remember in a uh, one in in Iraq, I met this gal, um, and I remember um, I've told this before, but talk about a small world and things you would never expect. We hadn't seen each other in somewhere between 25 and 30 years, no contact, no nothing. Okay, since our high school days. And in Iraq, of all places, in Baghdad, I look over and I go, God, she looks familiar. And it turned out that's who it was. It was like, no way. <laughs> I was, I mean, of all places, you don't see each other for oh, yeah. almost 30 years. And it's like, wow. Yeah. So, uh, but but your experiences, uh, can, can you tell, for, I mean, what you do or don't want to say? I mean, the, the difference, whether it's the culture, experiences, whatever, between those two contracts, um, you know, and, and if you want, uh, which one you preferred? Yeah, I, I, could, I could say the one big difference is um, the one in Iraq obviously was a little bit more refined, I guess I could say. You know, you're working for the Department of State. You've got you. I was on the consulate compound. You know, I, I saw the consulate general. I actually met um, the secretary of state when he was there, Mike Pompeo, which was pretty cool. Hmm. Seemed like a real decent dude, too. You know, he uh, I was on the ERT team at the time. Me and my buddy um, were actually just watching his speech. And, you know, there wasn't that there weren't that many people there. Um, we didn't have security at that time. So we were kind of just ERT, you know, just chilling and we ended up uh he came walking by us stopped asked us what we did shook our hands it was it was pretty cool you know we hmm. we we chatted with him for a little bit um but it was more of a profile you know what i'm saying you were kind of in the bubble so you had you had people watching you from department of state you had people from your company you know 
um, the PM and everything, which which was fine. You know, I got along with everybody, so it was it was cool. Um, but I liked it. Uh, I I actually liked having my own room with cable and and free wireless. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you got to take what you can get. But uh, it was actually uh, it was a very good contract, I will say, um, hmm. for a small company until the big company bought them out, and then I'm not gonna lie, it went to shit immediately. Huh. Now- that's why I left. Okay. It was supposed to be a rotation, you know, 90 days, and they had me there for five months. Hmm. You know, that's a yeah, pretty common I thing I hear. Um, I'm sure you've heard the yeah. same stories about uh, the companies yep. that we worked for back then. Um, yeah. And then they get bought up or they become part of a conglomerate, and and it's like you wouldn't recognize it. Um, no, and, I, and I'll tell you what. Here's the thing, Scott. This is the one reason why I came back to the Marathon contract. Hmm. It is a small Indian-owned tribal company, and they've been able to manage the contract for so long. Mm. You know, I, 2013 is when it started and when I started with them. And, uh, you know, I was off and on. I, I, you know, like I, I told you, I did my acting thing, and I got scooped up by, uh, by CBS Hunted. Thank you. Uh, I was going to ask but, you, can, yeah. can, can we stay on that for a few minutes? I mean, because I thought that Absolutely. was... When you told me about that, the, the other day when we were talking, I was like, what? Get out of here. Yeah, you kidding me? <laughs> How do you think I felt? <laughs> so let's expound on that a little bit. Okay. So I'm I'm contracting, and a buddy of mine has been, you know, he's a army dude. Uh, he's been doing, like, um, I guess, extras, background acting for a while, just to, when he's home, because we're on a rotation. We're on, uh, you know, Whatever. It, it was actually a flexible rotation with the maritime contract. My uh, my PM is a former SEAL commander. He's actually a pretty good dude, um, and he's flexible and he's accommodating, which you're never going to see in any of these big companies. Mm. Um, so fast forward, uh, I get hit up by another friend who says, "Hey, do you ever think about doing this?" And I saw it, and I'm like, "Oh, that's that looks pretty cool, you know, tracking somebody for for 30 days." I had no idea what it was. I didn't know it was a big thing. So I figured, yeah, that, that could be fun. Hmm. So they get back to me immediately and uh, asked me to do like a, a, you know, kind of a Zoom meeting back then. I don't, I don't know what the hell it was. This is what, 2016, 2015, something around then. So probably Skype. And um, Yeah, yeah. I think it was actually. I think it was Skype. So I was like, yeah, sure. And they're like, you know, tell me about your, what you do, what you did as an investigator, blah, blah, blah. So I did, and obviously I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty open book. You know, I, I, I got a, I guess, a somewhat decent personality and a, a face <laughs> that's not that ugly for TV. <laughs> I, I'm thinking of the text messages. I'm not going to bring them up, but. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't care. I'm telling you, man. Anyone who knows me, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a window licker, 100%. <laughs> So I'm insane. My wife knows it. <laughs> so 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 you get hit up. You have a you have a Skype interview with with the folks yep. from from this program called the Hunted or Hunted. Yeah, and I, I find out it's CBS. You know, big mm. time. Um, so I did really well, and I was like, all right, well maybe I will dive into this. Huh. So um, after a time, you know, I'm I, I didn't even realize I beat like 4,000 people out who had who had been interviewing for a position on this as, as one of the hunters. Huh. 
Um, wow. And and the funny thing is, once I get into it, um, I run into people who not I've known before, but that I've known who've known other people. You know, the six degrees of separation, hmm. guys from Triple Canopy, um, guys who I worked with in Iraq who knew these guys. And it was, you know, it's uh, getting back to that small world again. But you're right. talking, you know, SF guys, um, Secret Service, uh, FBI, you know, the CIA, the, the whole nine yards with these with these trackers, these hunters. Huh. And uh, I was just completely honored to be among the part of them, to sure. be honest with you. You know, it was sure. a lot of fun. I know my job. I do it well. Um, and I can hang with, with the best of them, you know, and it was cool. And they respected me and I respected them. And I had a great time. And I'm not going to lie, the money was pretty damn good. Too. So that <laughs> that alone got me bit. And, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I can do this acting thing. I'm, you know, I'm kind of a natural in front of the camera. I don't get nervous. Huh. I make other people nervous, if anything. <laughs> so so I ended up, uh, you know, after Hunted aired, um, we got some good publicity. I got myself an agent here in South Carolina. And um, it went from there. I immediately got a... <laughs> I chuckle every time I say this, but a modeling shoot with uh, Medals of America catalog that does hmm. you know, military items, um, which was really cool. Um, so you're in a magazine really cool. as well? I am a model, an actor. Oh, yeah. I'm a hottie. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So wait a minute. Uh, I, 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 I got to. Yeah, I've done rigid rigid tool shoots diablo tools uh i used to work construction back in the day too so huh. i'm no stranger to hard work okay but yeah I'd, so I'd speaking of the that. modeling thing was that you in the in the sandy can that you sent me the picture of was that you <laughs> that that was actually a picture from the catalog medals of america they had a can get out of here and <laughs> i was so here's a funny story behind that behind that picture um so I'm literally going in there to take a pee, and I hear a commotion outside. Like one of the cameramen said, two of the construction workers who were off site where we were, where we were shooting, um, didn't see me go in there. They were about to open the door, and I heard them say that. So I immediately dropped my drawers, opened the door, and said, "Yes, can I help you?" And that, and that's when they took the picture. Uh, the, the two construction workers were like, "Jesus Christ, man!" Looking away, <laughs> what the. Right, never one to miss miss a cue or a moment there, are you? Oh, I can't. No, dude, I'm, I'm a friggin' ham. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's. Yeah. But you know, but I mean, and there's nothing, and, and a great sense of humor goes a long way. Um, not oh, only yeah. in our it's industry, but contractors, man. Well, it is. Well, and and, and to you keep you alive too. You don't. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, you've accepted death. You know, you know, eventually you're going to die. I, mean, I hate to say it like that, but it's true. You know, I lost a really good friend last year, actually two of them. Um, hmm. it, it happens, dude. It, right. You can't, you can't dote on it because if it, if you do, you're going to eat yourself up internally. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't know if you know this. I, I don't think I mentioned this, but I'm, uh, I'm an ambassador with Mission Twenty Two. Hmm. I'm not jumping on the podium here, but um, well, I've go been ahead. with them for years, and that's. That's the fight against veteran suicide. And I have, unfortunately, a shit ton of memorial bracelets, and I do not want to buy another single one. Hmm. So, um, you know, reach out to those guys. Plain and simple, man. Well, Mission 22, if, I've seen it and heard it. you know it, somebody's struggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and 
take a minute. Uh, Mission 22, elaborate a, for, for a minute. Yeah, so uh, Mission 22, obviously, it's, a, it's, a, it's an organization, um, and uh, we try to get the word out to, to fight against veteran suicide. Anyone struggling with it, you know, I, nothing against the VA, but everybody knows the VA is, is overwhelmed and they're very time consumed. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, let's just say red tape. With, okay. With that. Um, <laughs> Bureaucracy? <Mission 22 laughs> is, is, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mission 22 is a nonprofit organization. And when I say nonprofit, we're talking like 85%. I think they were up to 88% of all the donations that they have goes directly to the program. So it's not one of these BS organizations that wants your money. Uh, Your money is being used. And um, I'm more on the side. I go to the events and everything to, to try to raise money. But I look for the people in the crowd that are struggling. Somebody who comes up and asks questions, and I can see it in their eyes. Hmm. I have been there. I have gotten to a point where I was about to take my own life, and uh, it wow. didn't happen. Let's just say it didn't happen. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, th- th- I was lucky, and and that was a, that was a wake up call for me. You know. Right. So I will do anything to uh, to help my brethren. Right. Well, you know, and and those are and and you know, <clears throat> terms like dark days and dark times get thrown around a lot and and so the, oh, yeah. the this the 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 seriousness of it sometimes gets lost um yeah. you know i'm i'm not fond of and and i've said it once or twice uh, in this show and i guess i'll say it a third time here um to some extent i understand what you're talking about because i went through that same or some sort of a period like that when I got done contracting. It, it probably started before then, but it didn't really hit me until sometime after I was done and started missing everything and breaking down and crying over looking at photos of you know stuff I'll never be Absolutely. a part of again. And then yep. that one thing led to another, and before you know it, I mean, I always like to drink, but, I mean, we're talking 1.75-liter bottles in two or three days, um, sometimes in, oh, in, yeah. in a day and a half or two, you know? And other times it's like I'd, I'd have drank the whole thing, but I fell well, asleep. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, and, and I was talking with the guy the other day, and it's like, you know, I remember thinking— yeah, I have thought about some of the things he's talking about, the processes you go through when you think about suicide. But um, fortunately, I never went. Um, I never went to the point. Well, I, I shouldn't say I never picked it up. But uh, anyway, I'm just, dude. Uh, yeah, I totally get it. Um, and and, and I we, mean, it's we, for we, you know, for me, it was rock bottom. I had a top secret clearance. I was the head of a, you know, of. A company's office for their investigative i was training people you know i i had everything and hmm. i got drunk one night got into a bar fight lost everything hmm. i lost my luxury apartment my job my clearance everything you know wow. i hit rock bottom wow and, uh, one, know, one, I mean, one bad night one bad judgment when, when you're suicidal in prison yeah well, I, I mean, and, yeah. and, and, and but that's 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 an important thing, too, because all it takes is that one bad moment, that one bad day of judgment where uh, you took it a little too far um, and, and then you end up losing everything, like you said, um, and then you hit rock bottom. Um, I don't know if you want to expound on that. I mean, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, we we, we when we talk uh, amongst ourselves, we frequently say, hey, I'm there for you. If you ever need anything, just give me a call. And, and I tell guys that all the time. I said, call me anytime. Uh, some do, most don't, but it's like, no, I, I'm serious. It's not just lip service. Yeah. Um, 
because yeah, I, I put it out there all the time, especially on social media. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I'm. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, I guess that's breakfast coming back. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, what was I going to say? Uh, so you know, earlier you mentioned. Uh, it sounded like you said marathon. Were you saying maritime or marathon? When you were talking about the security, uh, no, marathon no, 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 no. I've done them both. Okay. I've, well, the reason I asked is because uh, I was, uh, you're talking about like Marathon Oil, the, the company? No, 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 no. I, I was probably talking about Marathon. Marathon, I've, I've run a marathon. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> really? You've done marathons? Uh, yeah, I actually, I did one in 2010, my first one, because my wife was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. So we raised, I think we raised about over nine, $9,000 myself uh, and her two sisters for uh, the Susan G. Komen Foundation for Breast Cancer. But hmm. yeah, that was, that was my first marathon. Wow. Uh, and and, and how was that? I was obligated to do that one. <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I honestly, I like to run. I've... Uh, I'm I'm half metal though. I've got a, a titanium forearm. I've got my right hip has uh, oxinium. It's been replaced uh, six years ago. Hmm. Six years ago, my left hip is is scheduled for a replacement. Actually, last year it was scheduled for a replacement. I had to postpone it. Hmm. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a so, bionic pirate right now. Well, <laughs> so um, right, you like to run, right? So now are these a result of? Of, of your career or are they not related i do my own stunts oh wait yeah, a minute you t- my- <laughs> really <laughs> uh, that was a, i mean i do but yeah no it's it's kind of a a combination of everything i was always very hard on myself I'm, okay uh, i don't do anything half-assed if you know what i'm saying right right i'm a full throttle kind of guy well, I, I, I uh, geez, I, you know, I, when I hear these things from guys, it's like I, I can't tell you how much I think my lucky star is the number of, I've been so fortunate, man, and, 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 and all the stuff, and all the crazy, stupid stuff I've done and been involved in, whether it was just happenstance or whatever, uh, no bullet wounds, uh, you know, some shrapnel, shrapnel kind of stuff, but no bullet wounds, no breaks, no fractures. Um, you just you didn't try hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I, I've been very fortunate. I mean, I've had my share of sprains and twists, and uh, you know, I've done ACLs and MCLs. I've had that kind of problem. Those things, you know, those sorts of things. But but no breaks, no fractures, no bullet wounds. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I broke my, my I broke my elbow last trip. <laughs> wow. I fell, yeah, I fell downstairs, uh, metal ship stairs. It was it was awesome. Oh, I, I busted my elbow. I still haven't gotten it fixed, but yeah, oh. I'm an idiot. <laughs> wow, bad weather. <laughs> um, so so you uh, so you you so your current thing is uh, maritime security. Up, uh, do you want to talk about that word as or what it's like and um, and, and how that differs yeah, from, from what you did overseas? It's a lot different. Let's just say it's a lot different. Uh, maritime, for those out there who know it, could be incredibly boring. <laughs> um, you will lose your friggin' mind if you don't get into a routine. Mm. Uh, the, thank God the group of people on the vessel that we work with, it's small. Um, 
it's very small. It's a, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you how many people there are, but um, there's a lot of good people there. And uh, I, I guess that's a main reason why I, I, I came back. Um, the people, obviously the money, um, but there's a lot of camaraderie there. Hmm. And uh, it always keeps bringing me back. But the one thing is you don't, we don't really do a lot, to be honest with you. It's not like, you know, I'm going on, you know, it's not like I'm going on mobile movements or anything like that. We're we're out at sea. We're. It's not like Captain Phillips every day, is it? No, you don't. Everything's pretty routine until, you know, something kicks off. And it's basically we are monitoring someone else's activity. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll put it that way. Okay. Sure. <laughs> with with an alphabet agency. How about that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so it's it's actually pretty boring until something happens, then everybody's you know full focus, concentrating on one thing. Right. And that's a lot different than any other contract I've been on. Hmm. You know, uh, the, uh, you've probably had these questions a lot. I, I get them a lot, and I hear them from. Um, lately, I'm starting Why to realize. Why am I not wearing pants? Well, no. <laughs> not no, that's a different. That's a whole different topic. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, people ask uh, why the contracting community, in particular, uh, is the way it is in terms of uh, referrals and people we know. And and, and no. I mean, you and I and, and the rest of us, we know that's why. But but for the that people that are listening. What? That is an easy answer, and and it's nothing more prevalent than on the the vessel that I'm on right now. Okay. So I, I will tell you exactly why. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, I mean, reference wise, and your name is is your is your worth in this business in this industry, because if you go to a contract and you do some stupid shit, and people recognize it. Um, you can lose basically a, a lack of confidence. You know, you can you can lose your ability to contract, and it's just as simple as that. If you're a douche, if you're a decent person, you know, and uh, you do your job and you don't screw with other people, unless you know you like them, uh, you're you're going to go far. Um, but on my contract right now, if I and I've recommended two people, and they've come on and they've done well. One of them actually is a supervisor right now. Hmm. So if if I recommend somebody and they come on and they screw up, yeah, how how bad do you think that looks on you in a small contract? Right. Not only that, but you have to live with these people for months at a time on a vessel. You right. know, you're their roommate. You don't get your own room. You know, you're the roommate for months at a time, and you have to get along with people, and that's the whole thing. And that's one thing I think that the military has prepared us for. Hmm. is getting along with people, um, knowing other people's customs and, and, and crap like that, and personalities. And we are all tied into that. We're all similar in one aspect, you know, where something drops, we're all on high alert, and we all know what to do, and we all got each other's backs, plain and simple. And then when shit is calm, well, we're going to mess with you. You know, it's going to be fun. <laughs> Yeah, and right. That's, that's the way it is. And if you're you don't fall into one of those categories, Jesus, man, I feel sorry for you. 
Right. So, so, so for the folks that are listening that, that, that haven't had these experiences, haven't got, say, the, the background that it takes, whether it's in law enforcement, public service, military, whatever, and they're saying, well, I want to be a contractor. How do I get into it? That's not fair, yada, yada, yada. Your answer not is, fair. <laughs> yeah, I've heard uh, it many times. Go, what do you mean it's the, not fair? <laughs> go, in, go, go into the military or law enforcement, do something worthwhile, um, and then when you realize you're either too old or you see the bureaucratic crap going on, uh, you know, you start to see the big picture, well, then maybe it's time to come into contracting and make some decent money, you know. Right. Um, money has dropped since we started. You know, it, it's, it's, a, it's gone down throughout the years with, with some places, <clears throat> but it's still – you know, it, it's kind of the uh, the progression from the military for those those sin eaters, those combat types who uh, still want to have a purpose in their life. But yeah, you don't just jump into a military contract, dude. There's a there's a there's a slight progression, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not like you're going to have there's 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 a lot of jobs in contracting that you don't have to be you know straight combat built for, but you know. I'm, who the hell wants those jobs? <laughs> <laughs> well, but but uh, so contracting and it's something I I've told people and and you kind of hearken on it is contract. It's huge, but the security aspect of it, whether it's on the sea or on land, is a relatively small percentage of it. So, yeah. you know, if you're looking yeah, at contracting, exactly. if you want to do contracting, there's plenty of it out there. Uh, but the story-eyed people that, that want to live the Hollywood-esque lifestyle of being a contractor, you're probably talking about, you know, doing something a little hinky in a foreign, second- or third-world country um, that's not uh, really tied to a... a, a, a no, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, uh, you know... Bad girl. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, but there's guys out there that do that um, as a you know, professional living that, that do it. Uh, but they're, they're professionals. They come from a, a certain background and, and they're usually right. tied in with, with somebody to do something for, for a reason on, on the behalf of a government. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, and you talked about the professionalism of some of the instructors, uh, like when you, through the WPS program, when you would, uh, department of yeah. state, um, how did that square with what you saw in terms of professionalism, on the non-DOS side, was it same similar? Wow, you you, you just want you want me to throw somebody under the bus? No, here, <laughs> you no know, I'm um, just trying to give a broad stroke brush picture for people that are listening that that, that maybe don't know. I I think it wasn't just like about accountability or anything like that. I think that the program itself was split into enough time where it got the instructors to actually teach you. Whereas a lot of other contracts will have an assembly line type of training platform because they understand you've already been through training. You, you, you know, you have the credentials to be there. So it's kind of just a refresher. Whereas WIPs, um, they already take your, I mean, you get, you've got to pass a, you know, a stringent background test just to get into WIPs. And once you get into WIPs, then they realize, hey, man, you know, these guys are supposed to be here. These guys are going to have a tough time. And they kind of weed you out that way. Right. And we lost, in my class, we lost uh, a good 10, 15 people. Hmm. Some were injured, you know, and some were just, you know, fed up or couldn't hack it or whatever. Right. But there's still an attrition rate, you right. know. 
Right. So, you know, that, um, that that's yeah. interesting. Um, you know, things have changed probably quite a bit um, since I went through it. Um, I remember mine was the first class with the company we went through. And I think we only maybe somewhere between three and five guys actually went home. Maybe only three. I mean, they really yeah. went out of their way to keep people around. Um, probably because it was a brand yeah. new uh, task order and they wanted to make sure that they could fulfill it. Um, oh, yeah. But from what I heard, and I don't know about successive classes, but the class that came behind us, they lost almost half of them. I was like, whoa. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I can see it. Huh. I mean, and, and that... I mean, and then, go ahead. You you also get... you get Like, I had, and, and surprisingly enough, because this is the one company that I'll say, I had really good recruiters that I dealt with. Hmm. And I dealt with them for, for like three years off and on. Um they were really specific about what you needed and, you know, who you were as a person. They're not, they weren't letting just everybody in. And then when it got, you know, bought out by a bigger company, you started seeing guys show up to the contract who, you know, you'd have you and your other buddy would look at each other and go, Jesus Christ, dude, this guy should not be here. He's going to get people killed or, you know, honestly, you know, it was like, Jesus, dude, what, right. you know, what happened? Right. Well, yeah, that, and, and that and that could be the whole thing. You know, you get one recruiter in there who's just trying to make it look good. <clears throat> and I don't know if they're getting, you know, commission bumps or whatever, but they get people in, say, say, corpsmen or medics. You know, you need you need medics like crazy on contracts. So hmm. they get paid well. They get paid better than regular guys. There were guys just trying to get fished in who <laughs> that might have had the qualifications on paper, but once shit hit the fan they froze up they froze up like a friggin' popsicle right and you you absolutely cannot have that on contract right yeah no and and, and that's oh man you know that's something that uh, we probably don't talk about enough um at least on this podcast uh but you know when once that is a big or should be a huge part of the vetting process and and maybe there's absolutely. no sure far away to know 100 percent that this person is or isn't um, until it actually How happens. When, you, when you're when you're conducting class, throw a freaking firecracker in the class. See what happens. <laughs> see who shits their pants. See how they respond. You know? <laughs> yeah. let's, let's get a let's get a litmus test. <laughs> a little litmus test. Yeah. Well, you know, the, 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 yeah, that that's a that's a good one. The, the, I'm sure. Yeah. So there are ways of doing it, but that is that's that is something that that. Uh, um, un, un, Be, before uh, you see it out in the field with you know. Right, actual weapons and ammunition flying through your friggin' head. Right, yeah, that would be nice to know that the guy next to you is uh, not going to have shaky hands when he's trying to patch you up. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you know, for the uh, for the folks that are that are listening, um, uh, first first because uh, we're coming up on a wrap up time here. Believe it or not, it's been it's been an hour already. Um, not that you and I couldn't talk forever, and um, but uh, time flies when you're with me. Yeah, it does. A lot of fun. <laughs> I'm looking at my That's clock. My I'm going. Wife. I'm going. What the hell? <laughs> uh, but I, uh, I, I, I'm hoping you'll you'll um, you'll want to come back and do this again, and we can do a follow up um, at some point in the future. Yeah, you'll have to talk to my agent about that. <laughs> you know, we're going to need a, a, a better contract. <laughs> oh shit. Um, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, there is, I'm just saying that, you know, you've got, uh, y your career, your background, your experience. There's so much we could talk about. 
Um, oh, yeah. So I just want to put that out there. I'd love to have you back for um, another episode so we can pick up oh, and, and cover down on things we haven't. Um, so, so for the folks that are listening, um, do you um, have anything that we haven't talked about, something that you would like to leave the folks with, um, a final thought, um, you know, something to just, you know, folks bear this in mind going forward, anything? Yeah, you know, I, I kind of just like to shine some light on the fact that everybody thinks, you know, this, and the names have always gone. We've always heard them, the mercenary types, the, you know, the, the down and dirty kind of sin eaters, the, and, and the more people kind of tag individuals like us in that, they there seems to be some kind of, um, I, I don't want to say backlash, because it's more like of a popularity thing. And you, you've always heard, and it's always been, you know, beaten into your heads that you're the silent professionals. You're, you're the ones that are, you don't, you know, you're necessarily going to talk about everything. You just go and do your job. You know, do it well, save lives, plain and simple. Um, And then it gets out there and and people, obviously, they want to know. And that's just curiosity, and that's cool. But don't think that because we're in this industry, you know, it's because we want to be hyped up and we want, hey, man, I'm a contractor. You know what, dude? If if that's your case, get the F out. You know, we we don't we don't want and, and I'm and this is coming from a guy who they nicknamed Hollywood, you know, because I'm an actor. <laughs> but I'm I'm not, yeah, I'm not looking for publicity when I'm in contracting. I'm looking to do my job, get paid, come home to my family. That's it. So so you I'm don't wear the Ray Ban pilot sunglasses? Oh Jesus H. Christ, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I had to ask. I am not no. All right, let me clarify, I'm not a douchebag. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, I do mean to cut you off. It sounded like you had a little bit more to say there about, about, uh, no, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I got off my, my heart podium. Uh, no, that's good points. I mean, uh, yeah, an awful lot is said about us and, um, you know, I've come across my fair share of kooks here recently online and, uh, you know, you look at the profile and it's like, that's your background and you're, and you're spouting what? He's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, you know, uh, the next time you speak out your uh, pie hole, wipe it with some toilet paper, okay? Um, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> well, it's, it's just, <laughs> it's just like, anyway. Um, it's, uh, so, uh, again, everybody that's listening, um, my, my guest for this episode has been Paul Rossi. Um, quite a, a distinguished career that he's had already. And, uh, and and I look forward to uh, seeing more of what he's doing. Um, hopefully he gets back on with The Hunted and, and his career with the Maritime. Whatever he's doing, I'm, I'm sure he'll be successful at it. I want to thank him for coming on. I hope you all enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Uh, remember, be careful what you wish for, folks. You might just get it. Uh, stay safe, stay frosty. And until next time, keep it real. <laughs>